Hello and welcome to a brand new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop and coming up on this week's show, Josh Peterson will visit with women's golfer Eleanor Hudipole. And it was men's and women's basketball media days earlier this week. I had a chance to catch up with second-year Blue Jay, but longtime college basketball veteran Francisco Farabello. But right now, let's turn things over to Connor Happer. Welcome back. We're the 1620 The Jays podcast this week with Destiny Nadam Simpson, Creighton Volleyball in her freshman year. And uh, she joins the 1620 The Jays podcast for the first time. Destiny, how are you? I'm great. I'm just, you know, getting by day by day. <laughs> day, by day. Well, <laughs> you've had a you've had a crazy freshman year. You've had a crazy last couple months. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll get to where we are right now. But let's let's go back to the start first. Um, you commit to Creighton in February. You're there. You go over the summer and then, boom, here comes the Europe trip. And <laughs> and let's yeah. just start there. How about that for a start to your freshman season? I mean, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. We, I graduated two days before and I moved in like the day after. So it's like right in your face and you're jumping into college volleyball. And it's kind of like a, that's a bit of an adjustment to say the least, but it was a great bonding opportunity to get to go overseas and play some matches and hang out with just all the upperclassmen and really get to know them and have that kind of connection heading into season. So I've talked to coach Booth and then I think a couple of, uh, of your teammates, I mean, that must have just been a crazy experience. You're all coming together for the first time. You you just said, I mean, that's crazy. You graduated high school two days before that. Yeah. You hop on the plane and you're gone and you're with a bunch of people that you're vaguely familiar with, but not, yeah. not completely, uh, you know, not best friends quite yet. I imagine that was a pretty significant bonding experience for this team. I mean, yeah, some of those days were super long. Like we're walking, like you're not driving around in those cities. Like we're walking eight, nine, maybe even 10 miles in a day. And it's like, like we got to be together and just, you don't have a choice, like like it or not. And luckily I loved it. So, but you don't have a choice. Right. Well, it worked out. And then you get back and all of a sudden you're in it, your, your plan starts slower. And then all of a sudden you got to get thrust right into it. Nora's out for a while. She's been gone for, you know, she's been out for more than a month now. So from the start of the season until basically over the last couple of weeks, You've had to learn on the fly. What's it like uh, drinking out of the fire hose, I guess, if you will, for college volleyball? No, absolutely. I mean, I knew coming in, it was just like I wanted to work hard and obviously you want to play. And then, you know, your situation changes and you have to be able to kind of just adapt. And luckily I had so many great people around me to be able to kind of lead me. And, you know, I can ask questions and my coaches are great. So I'm like, hey, I don't understand how to do this. This is the first time I'm doing something like this. Like I need help. And so it's it's really it manages it. The fire hose doesn't become such a fire hose when you have so many great people around you, you know? Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you have a feeling that I mean, er, early, I'm sure it's, it's, it's difficult. You're just kind of trying to get adjusted to things. And then how quickly did you start to kind of get it? Did it, does it ever sort of click? Was there ever a moment or is it just kind of happen over time? Yeah. I mean, I'd say by nature, I'm definitely a perfectionist. So it's like, if something's not clicking, like I want it to be clicking as soon as possible. So and it's like, there's always moments where it's like, oh, I understand this, but I can't just, I just can't quite do it yet, but I want to do it so bad. So it's just like, i always want to work and strive to get to that moment. And I've definitely had some moments where it's like, well, like this all makes sense. This comes to me really easy. And just as many moments where it's like, I'm a little bit lost, but right. I've definitely had times where it's clicking. You kind of have, well, you kind of have to be okay with being lost sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was one of the hardest challenges is like, got to embrace being lost like 
you don't always know what's going on and being able to ask and be around people who can help you is really the best thing you can do. So you're less lost. Well, in, in general, I mean, young players have been able to make an impact seemingly pretty often at Creighton. I think the Creighton's had the Big East freshman of the year in three out of the last four seasons. What is it about Coach Booth and, and your guys' coaching staff that sort of fosters an environment where you guys are able to sort of get comfortable really quickly? I'd say it's a lot easier for me. I played with Booth's daughter for a long time at my club. So coming in, I'd spent a lot of time around Booth and being from Omaha, I spent a lot of time at matches and I was just around all the time. So it's like, these are people that I trust. And right off the bat, like I don't ever have to question what they're saying. Like, this is what's best for me. So it's a lot, it makes it a lot easier to apply it to what you're trying to do. Have you had a, a welcome to college moment yet? Like, was th- was there a moment where it kind of was just like, whoa, <laughs> all right, this is uh, this is bigger than I thought it'd be, or what was that? I'd say it was probably like the first time I started at home. Like, I my name was called as a starter, and like your whole body just gets chills when you hear, you know, how many other people cheering for you as loud as they can, and it's like, wow, like this is a real moment. There's so many people watching me on TV, and like even playing against Nebraska, like that was a huge place. I played in there before for a state championship. It was nothing like that. And I was like, it's just an eye-opening experience to play in those kind of big time matches. So from a team perspective and where you guys are at right now in a couple big matches this weekend, what's, what's you're past the halfway point in the season. You, you have a, a better idea of who you are sort of gearing up and getting into that conversation about postseason play soon. Like, What's what's the message for the next couple of weeks of Big East play as you sort of start to, I don't know about wind the regular season down, but think about sort of what's next. I mean, we talk about a lot, like we're a good team and we have a lot of like small things, like we want to out small ball the other team. So just taking care of like our communication pieces, like little things that are effort-based, just making sure we're staying on top of those. So when we head into postseason, we can make the big plays and these small things just come naturally to us. One thing that I heard Coach Booth talk about, I think it was last week, she said, you know, you you guys know that you're going to get every team's best shot because Creighton has this standard of being really, really good volleyball in the Big East Conference. So you're walking into that environment. You pair that along with you're your a freshman and you're sort of getting used to everything. I guess what's that sort of pressure like if it's pressure knowing that you're going to get everybody's best shot every night? I mean, it is, it's pretty stressful. It's like, I've never played some of these girls and like, you know, the seniors on the team, they've seen them four or five, however many times. And it's, we always, I just have to like acknowledge it. Like these people want to beat me so bad. So, so, so bad. And I'm like, that's great. Like I want to compete. I want to play high level volleyball. So in, like it can be a source of pressure, but then I feel like I'm really easily able to flip it into like, okay, let's go. Like it's a challenge. I love that. Right. Well, I mean, what's that's, that's your culture, right? <laughs> Let you guys talk about that often. Like we, we understand what we have the target on our backs and we're, we're kind of built for this. Yeah. Like it, we want to expect to win no matter what the match is. Like it could be, we're playing the number one team or some other team we want to expect to win and play our hardest. So we want them to give us our best. We don't want people to lay over and die in front of us, you know? Right. I mean, that's, and that's, that's something that I imagine is just like, you have to sort of, I imagine coach Booth recruits players like yourself 
who like adapt to that very easily, you know, like that's got to be sort of ingrained in the mindset when you guys walk in the door, because it's different. Like it's, it's a different sort of pressure and Creighton has risen to that standard. I imagine for you, that was one of the attractive things about, about attending Creighton and going and playing volleyball there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, by nature, I'm a very competitive person. So I see this environment that's 25 minutes away from my house. My family still gets to watch me come play. And at the same time, it's, People, there's 18 of us top to bottom. We're coming into work every single day. And I love being in that environment where it's like the practice drills when we're playing each other six on six, it's almost just as heated as a match. And I love everything about that. So every day is just like a great opportunity to go and play the sport that I love. Destiny, uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you for stopping by the podcast. Uh, enjoy the rest of fall break as much as you possibly can. You got work on volleyball too. A couple big matches this weekend, but um, enjoy what you can of it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thought that was great stuff from destiny. Nadam Simpson, the one of the newest blue Jays on the roster here this year, she has contributed early and often and her consistency now has worked her into the starting lineup. And she's now a key cog in what they're trying to do. Of course, Sans Norris sis, who has been gone now for 11 matches Expect her back at some point. Blue Jays will be better for her absence when she comes back. Obviously, they're a better team with her. The Jays have a couple big matches this weekend. Georgetown on Friday in the pink out game. So if you're hearing this on Friday, get on another 6 o'clock is the first serve there. And then Sunday afternoon at home against Villanova. So a couple key Big East Conference matches this weekend before they head out on the road for four straight uh, against UConn, Providence, Villanova, and Georgetown. Hard to believe regular season sort of winding down already. We're past the halfway point as we get closer and closer to postseason time in fall sports around Creighton Athletics. Thank you to Destiny to Dom Simpson for joining the podcast today. Uh, certainly a fun conversation with her. And that'll do it for my portion of this week's 1620 The Jays podcast this week. I'm Connor Happer. We'll send it back to John Bishop. John? Women's volleyball will be back home this weekend for both Georgetown and Villanova. The Jays really don't have much margin for error anymore if they want to defend their regular season championship. Because of the loss last week at Marquette, the Jays are now two games back of the Golden Eagles, technically two and a half with Marquette holding the tiebreaker. So the Jays need to get on a winning streak here if they would like to repeat once again as Big East Conference champions. Coming up next, my conversation with men's basketball guard Francisco Farabello here on the 1620 The Jays podcast. Coming back for his second season in the white and blue, Francisco Farabello is looking to improve upon his three-point shooting. Last year, he was about eight percentage points off what has been a really nice career average. Well, I had a chance during Creighton Men's Basketball Media Day to talk with Creighton's Argentinian, Francisco Farabello. How does this year at Creighton compare to last year? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you you hope that to be at least the same level of, you know, success. Um, I mean, of course, we lost a couple of pieces, but we have the right ones. We added the, the, the right ones. So, I mean, still early to, to say, but I think we're in pretty good shape right now. How does it compare for you? 
just individually, just how you feel, how you're doing? I, I mean, I feel much better, you know. Uh, last year was a, it was a rough one uh, in terms of, you know, numbers and, and stuff like that. But, like, this year is a completely different year. I feel way more confident than I was last year. Uh, of course, like, second year being around Coach Mack and, and, and my teammates. So I, I know what to expect now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel great. I feel great. You're a shooter, shooter, shoot. So when you compare, like, how you were at your best at TCU to where you were last year, is it a, is it, is it a mental thing? Is it a comfort thing? Yeah. Because it's not mechanical, right? No, no. I mean, I didn't know how much the pace was going to influence my shot. And I didn't think it was going to, and it did. Uh, but, I mean, having conversations even with Baylor, Coach Mack, like, Coach Mack's always said, like, it's, it's, it's weird that... A guy that a guy that comes from another program comes into this program shoots well or like what he used to the 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 year before. But I mean, as I said, this is my second year, so I feel way more confident than what I was last year. So yeah, I'm very excited to to get going. You 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 kind of hit a stride there late in the season. You hit a couple of big shots in the tournament. I know it's been what six, seven, eight months since that happened, but can that be something you can build off of and say, "See, that's what I'm capable of doing." Can that actually carry over to a new year? Yeah, one hundred percent. I actually told this to Mag. Like, I think finishing the year the way I finished last year, it's a great start to to start this new season. So, yeah, I mean, confidence is up there, uh, and I mean, I, I got the confidence from my teammates and and the coaching staff as well. They never told me to stop shooting. So. I mean, at the end of the year, I had a, I was, I was confident enough to to keep shooting it, and I, as you said, like I had a couple good ones that went in. So yeah, you had a big speech before that game, the Sweet 16, talking about how close you were and your former team was individually. Do guys come back and remind you of those things, the things that you did, just getting in front of the group and saying, "We need to finish this. We need to get this done." Yeah, yeah. I mean. It happened because, I don't know, before the game I was talking to assistant coach and and Trey Ziegler, one of our GAs that was here last year. And I said, man, we, both of us were so close last year. So let, let, let's get together and let's do this. Let's finish it. Let's not regret anything after the game. And then we'll see what the result is. And that was our best game, in my opinion, of, of the year against Baylor last year. So... I'm glad I did it. I think my teammates are glad I did it too, and and hopefully I can bring it to the to the table again. You know. Speaking of GAs, you add another guy, a guy who's a pretty good three point shooter in his own right. Have you yeah. have you and Mitch gone back and back on uh, shooting contests yet? I I don't want to do it because you know confidence pretty high. I don't want to drop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you don't have to make them all from out on the logo. I know, I know. But you know, I, I still, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to do it. Uh, but no, I mean, it's great to have him here. Uh, I'm constantly talking to him through practice, and he's talk, constantly talking to me and and the other guys as well. So I'm glad we have him. Kind of working through a little hamstring issue right now. How, do, how does it feel? And you think it'll be 100 percent ready to go for the start of the season? No, yeah, great. Uh, I mean, it just beginning of the season you know we picked up the intensity a little bit and my hands was feeling a little bit but other than that I mean I feel great I'm really excited for the season to get going how do you see your role this year compared to last year same thing or do you expect to see more minutes this time I mean you know I was one of the guys that doesn't really care about the stats all I want to do is win Um, I mean if the minutes are going to be there they're welcome Um, I'll try to be more aggressive 
uh, I think because we need it a little more. So, uh, yeah. How do you compare this group? Does this have the group like last year, how we ended the season? Do they have that look? Are they ready? Thank you. As I said earlier, I think it's pretty early. We still have a lot to work on, but we have potential. We do have potential. I was told to ask you about Messi, so so t- just tell me what what, is, what does this mean for American soccer to have a guy like this come over here, play, do all these great things? What does that mean for the sport in this country? I mean, it's it's in my opinion and opinion of the a lot. He's the greatest of all time. I mean, it's not something that you see every day. A guy like him, I don't think we're ever gonna see another guy like him. So having him here, uh, I'll say just take advantage of it. The stuff that he does, never seen it before and we'll never see it again. So just just enjoy what he does. We're going to enjoy watching you do what you do this year. Good luck. Thank you. The basketball team got their Elite Eight rings last week as practice has officially commenced at the championship center. They are a beautiful blue and silver ring. And this year they're hoping for at least something a little bit bigger. Maybe a Final Four? Maybe something even bigger than that. We'll find out. Of course, Creighton men's basketball will get underway early November. Wayne State in the exhibition. And we will have all the coverage of Blue Jay basketball this winter on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg. And now, here's Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the podcast. She joined us last season. It is Eleanor Hudipole, who is a golfer for the Creighton team a junior out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Eleanor, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am doing great. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Uh, The news came down as of the time of this recording uh, a day ago that for the second time this season, fourth time in your career, uh, that you were a Big East golfer of the week. I mean, old hat, I guess, for you at this point in time. What's it mean to you to get it for the second time this year and the fourth time in your career? Um, it's, it's an honor. It always is. Um, the big East, it's a fantastic group of schools. You, you get to know the girls that you play with every year at conference. It's always great competition. So it's really an honor and you never know when you're going to get it. You just put your, your work in every week for your team and it just so happens to play out that way. So it, it is really, really nice. I love, I love talking to athletes about their origin story, for lack of a better word, um, back of, lack of a better term. How did you get into golf? When, when did golf enter into your life? Um, golf? I started pretty late with golf. I was, I'm a big athlete. Um, I was really into gymnastics and played. I was set on playing soccer in high school. I happened to go to a summer camp for golf um, hosted by my high school just absolutely fell in love with it. I had never played before, used some old clubs and just being outside and hitting a ball probably didn't go very far. I just loved every aspect of it. Um, still do to this day. So just that's kind of how I started, ended up being a team manager, but just kind of diving in a little bit and being around that culture. That's how I started. Do you think that that joining into the game so late kind of helped you? Like I, I played, I started playing golf when I was a little kid and I feel like I learned maybe some bad habits. I got into my head a little too much and that still shows itself into, into this day as I'm in my mid thirties. Since you started later, do you think that maybe you kind of avoided some of those pitfalls and you were able to start playing uh, as you develop skills in other sorts of sports? Yeah, I think it's a huge benefit to start later just for me personally. I think 
that athletic background I had always helps you no matter what sport you play um, from an athletic standpoint. But I think that also it just reminds me no matter what I start the game, like the true feeling that I had when I was first there, that's why I love it. I love looking around and being outside and appreciating where I am. Like every shot, it's just a shot and you can't attach anything to it. You just got to have fun. So I really, it's for the love of the game. And I think starting late just, man, I, I appreciate it so much more. So what was the, what was the moment or when was the moment when you realized like, okay, I, I really like this. I I'm good at it and I might have a chance to play at the next level. When did that part enter into your life? That entered probably my junior year. Um, so I was pretty late. I Academics are still really important to me. So I never knew what I was getting into. I started late. Um, recruiting got crazy with COVID. Um, so I was kind of impacted by that. But I just knew like there was no way I could go without playing golf every single day. And I'm just I'm an extremely competitive person. So I knew and starting late, I had knew I had so much potential and so much room for growth. I just wanted to be a part of that. And there's no way I could could hang it up ever. When did Creighton enter the picture? It entered junior year. Um, I've been familiar with the Biggie schools for a while. Love them. Um, being from Cincinnati, love the Jesuit values. And yeah, it's 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 rare to be able to have high level academics and double majors, things like that at a D one level and be supported in that. So it was, it was definitely in the picture very early on. You mentioned not wanting to put the sticks away. So I'm curious, you know, just looking at the schedule, you know, there's a a final, you know, invitational that is coming up very shortly. And then the schedule is empty until February, obviously. I mean, you're from Ohio, so you, you know what winter weather is like. What, what do those months look like? Because for so many of the amateurs out there who love getting out and playing, this is the time where it's like, all right, time for the golf clubs to go into the garage for a few months. What does this time look for you, just given what Omaha weather can be? Um, well, I had never experienced anything like that until my freshman year. Ohio is much warmer than people think. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yes. I I mean, we'll keep practicing as a team. Um, sometimes we'll be together. We'll have girls go out on the course, just have fun out there. Um, the sticks don't go away for me. I There are many videos that I have just hitting bunker shots out of the snow. I, they <laughs> never go away. Um, I'll try to play, you know, layer up when I'm back home for break, just go out there. And sometimes it hurts your hands when you miss hit it, but it's, it's just worth it to be outside. And when we come back, we'll be able to practice as a team. We're really lucky that we get access to some great facilities here in town. Um, and to be with the girls, you know, still a few days a week, um, still kind of being together as a team and seeing each other hit balls and, you know, talking about golf still. So we still get that when we come back. It's not outside, but we're still there practicing together. I want to talk about golf as a sport just because, you know, obviously it has a team component given that you play for Creighton, but it's also an individual sport. I love talking to to golfers, runners, because it kind of has that dichotomy. What is that like for you? What What's the team aspect like for you as a golfer at Creighton University? It's awesome. I think that's actually one of the things I love about the sport is there's so many different avenues and aspects to it. It's obviously there's individual you're you're playing for your own score but that score at the same time you're playing for the four or five other girls that are out there on the course. Um, I was lucky to have an incredible high school experience and incredible coaches and culture there. So I kind of knew what a great team looked like. And then coming into college and being with 
the other girls that are also at such a high level. Um, it's It's been amazing. And we kind of get to share that with each other. You know, you're out there playing for your own score, but you see your teammate in front of you, you see you're walking a birdie putt, give her a little wave, or you see someone behind you, you just try to like keep the energy up between you and your teammates. So while it's individual, it's it's very much a team and we feed off each other really well. That's so cool. Uh, off the wall question, I think, I guess. What, what's your favorite kind of hole? You, you get to a course, maybe you're walking around it for the first time and you come upon a hole, whether it's a par three, four or five, it's laid out in a certain way. What does that look like for you? Or like, ooh, this this is going to be one that I might have some su- success with. Um, honestly, this might sound crazy, but any hole that's tree lined, I love a tight fairway. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> might be because I grew up in Ohio, just forces you to hit a great drive down there. Um, love to see a nice little draw between the trees. Um, <laughs> to anything like that. I love greens too, that are, have lots of different tiers and undulations, um, makes you get creative. I love to be creative on the course. You know, my teammates during practice round, they'll hit a shot totally different than I will. And it'll end up in the same place. So any hole that, you know, requires accuracy, but also allows you to be creative. I love. Very cool. I, I love the answer for both of those where you like, you like the challenge, you like the pressure of whether it's a green with a lot of undulation or, or like the tree line, like you mentioned. Well, Eleanor, we appreciate you taking some time for us on the uh, podcast today. Best wishes as the, uh, as the season continues. Sorry again about the cold uh, winter months that are most assuredly ahead here in uh, Omaha. Also, sorry for being wrong on the climate in Cincinnati as well, but uh, we appreciate you taking some time out on the podcast today. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. John, back to you. As we wrap things up on this week's 1620 The Jays podcast, got to give a tip of the cap to the men's golf team. What an event they had up in Homer, Nebraska, as they bested the eight-team field. Not only did Sean Campbell hit a walk-off eagle on the final hole to win the individual crown by one stroke, but the program shot a record 35 under par for the event, They won the event by 30 shots. That also included a single-day program record 274, which was 18 under par. Congratulations to the Creighton men's golf team. Well, let's take a look at where the Jays are going to be coming up this week. On Friday, the women's tennis team is at the ITA Regionals down in Lawrence, Kansas, while the cross-country teams will be in Ashland, Nebraska at the Platte River Rumble. The volleyball team hosts its annual pink-out game against the Georgetown Hoyas 6 o'clock first serve over at the arena with live coverage on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. Then, coming up on Saturday, women's tennis again continuing down in Lawrence, Kansas, while the men's soccer team returns to action, a road trip at Seton Hall. Then on Sunday, as the women's tennis team finishes up the regionals in Lawrence, Kansas, volleyball returns to the home court at 1 o'clock at Sokol Arena against the Villanova Wildcats. Again, coverage can be found on 1180 The Zone. And that will wrap things up on this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. We look forward to having you back here, right here, same spot next week. Don't forget, wherever you download your podcasts, make sure you hit that download button, and that way you get a fresh, new 1620 The Jays podcast each and every Friday. And now, for Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Omaha.